The following contains depictions of violence and horror. Listener discretion is advised. The Mover's Tale A Finding Pattersby Story Injury Report Gustafson and Sons Antique Moving Company May 14th The company I worked for specialized in high-end moves, high-value items, luxury artwork and expensive antiques. We are hired when Hearst Castle wants to proceed with a move of an item, or other big deals like the Smithsonian or Mary Todd Lincoln's house. My team was hired to move a single item from a mansion in Washington, just outside Seattle. This is not uncommon, but usually we take the orders and get it completed without incident. Unfortunately, this was not one of those times. The mansion itself was covered in vines and boarded up. The landscape was overgrown and the fountain was completely dry and shrouded in brittle ivy. The stone figure at the center A sort of Greek lady statuette was cracked from years of weather. The indifferent Seattle climate had especially done a number on her face. So the cracks looked like tears streaming down her cheeks. Or rather, lightning bolts shooting down from her downcast eyes. Again, I'm just a worker, so pardon my direct and subdued descriptions. It was a dark and soundless day. That morning there was a dense fog that choked the atmosphere like a forgotten memory. A mist like no other. A mist that seemed like breath belonging to the mansion itself. It didn't appear that anyone had lived there for some time, as the stone walls of the mansion were pockmarked with spots of moss and points where the creepers had attached themselves with the strength of barnacles. Lining the approach were the topiaries equally abandoned if not uprooted altogether. Some we heard were going to the same place as today's delivery. Others were to remain as mere shells of their former beauty in yawning decrepitude. A withered, dried up bush shaped like a swan, sagged lifeless like a gothic warning. Again, forgive my utilitarian language. I am but a manual laborer. The red brick pathway beneath our boots stood firm like tomato soup colored chalk as though soaked in a blood that emanated from some horrid source below. To dwell upon it too long was to be driven mad. At least that was my impression. This brick path terminated at the foot of the mansion, which itself towered over us with a presence both royal and ominous. Shutters clung to every window, seemingly attached by mere ceremony. The hardware so old and neglected, surely some psychic power kept this place from collapsing, ready to drop the second it was forgotten. A spell that would be broken when the last who held the structure's former greatness in their mind was no more, and took with them from this mortal realm the soul of this cursed place. That was the only way to describe how these shutters hung on the windows. 
But the worst was the weather vane at the highest point of the mansion and how it creaked. Like laughter from the devil himself, how its gnarled, angular form lingered directionless, as if waiting to land facing one of us and with its aim, signal, demise. It filled me with a deep sadness and melancholy like no other as I resigned myself to the work ahead. Yep, this was a pretty scary house. The person we were to meet, the contact, was a professional assistant to some kind of book author. A lady book author, I think. Those books you buy in airports. Thriller books. I noticed on the steps was a box of her books laying there with names like Cold Rain or Tea and Cake, all autographed, and I think the books were there as an offering to us. One guy on our crew was a fan and said her name was uh, Gatherbrook. I saw it, but I don't recall the first name. Tina? The assistant was very exacting, which is also not uncommon. A little guy in a tweed vest and suit with small spectacles throwing his boss's weight around. We informed him that we were the best, and he and his boss could expect the best. The item we were to move was an extremely heavy stone, technically the cornerstone of this place. It's not uncommon, this type of request. Homeowners will want to take a memento from their old home with them or incorporate it into the structure they're moving to next as a way to extend its legacy. Our job is to get it there safe and sound. When we arrived, the cornerstone had already been removed and replaced for structural soundness by a separate crew of construction workers. The original cornerstone was there, waiting for us to retrieve and deliver it to a place down several states on the west coast, a small beach town in California. Portola, I believe it was named. The removal crew had been directed to place the stone in a wooden crate and leave it near the spot of removal. The top of the stone was to be covered with moving blankets upon our arrival and we were given specific instructions to avoid looking at the stone directly for an extended period. We were to mainly keep it shielded from our eyes. The lid of the wooden crate had been left off for us to confirm the contents inside, but that was the only reason we were to look at it before sealing it inside the wood crate with the lid. These orders were followed. Mostly. That is, until the incident. We had successfully loaded the crate onto a pull trailer attached to a small motorized cart to pull the stone around the back of the mansion to the driveway turnabout, where we would then load it up into the truck. Once I believed the crate was secured in the cart, I lingered behind a bit. I told myself it was because I was going to clean up anything left behind, but in the pit of my stomach I knew it was for another reason. It was as though this mansion demanded of me, as though a voice reverberated from those walls in such slow occurrence that I was only hearing part of a longer command. I do not know what the command was in particular, just that I should stay. And that's when I saw her from far off. The lady in the trees at the edge of the forest, observing me, watching me, 
I could swear it was a lady from those books in the box. Gatherbrook. She had the same baggy leather jacket, same jaunty pose, same black jeans, same red framed eyeglasses, eyebrow cocked just so. I felt slightly entranced, like a tunnel of focus existed between only us and all else was as though the glass of a wave circling around our connection. Then she held up her fingers and did a simple snap, and when she snapped, there was a scream. It was from one of my guys around the corner in the driveway, screaming like crazy. So I look in that direction ready to run and see what all the fuss is about, but before I do, I look back real quick and the lady is gone. My guy's screams keep going, so I grab my stuff and head to the driveway and there's my guy with the box all tipped over and the actual stone right on top of his leg. It was the guy who was the fan of Gatherbrook, the fan of her books, and my god, his leg. He lay on the ground with his foot about two feet above him, stuck or caught and still propped up on the ramp, while the stone had bent his leg into a V-shape, pinning his crushed kneecap to the ground. It was hard to tell if his leg was even still attached, or if the gore-soaked pant leg of his overalls was merely causing that illusion. Tell me what happened, I demanded over the poor soul's wretched hyena screams, and my other guys say to me that the injured guy had pulled off the cover to get one last look at the stone. They told him not to, but he didn't listen. Right in the middle of rolling it up the ramp, they said it was like something took over him said he had to see it one more time. And while he was trying to get the lid off, everyone lost balance and then he fell off the ramp and the stone tipped over too and his ankle was still on the ramp so that his kneecap received all the weight of that stone and snapped his leg clean backwards. They said it sounded like when you're driving at night and you run over a huge toad, but then the toad is also filled with potato chips and Fabergé eggs. Anyway, we got an ambulance up there, but it took about two hours and I could swear that little assistant was smirking the whole time. I kept scanning behind me in the trees for the lady, but I never saw her. We successfully transferred the stone item off the property down to the building crew in California. To a cliffside mansion. Newer, obviously, and wooden mostly in that beachfront fashion like it had been built in the 1920s for ritzy vacationers. It was on a big stretch of land, nearly as remote as where it came from, and this was the place where our delivery would be the new cornerstone. One last thing. Later in the mail, we received a shipment at headquarters from this client. A thank you gift, I guess. This is not uncommon as we normally do great work. Inside the shipment was an autographed headshot of Mrs. Gatherbrook. And on the back, a message. Watch your step. Marcus Gustafson, head mover. The mover's tale was written and performed by Ryan Sandoval, 
with music by Eric Jorgensen. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us and share us with every single person in your entire life. Thank you.